0: See the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca, and happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm Francesca, your host, and I am certain by the end of this hour, you're going to know a little bit more than you do now, so don't touch that dial. If you're new to the show, I'm going to go over a couple of things that you might want to know. To reach me, you can send me an email at info at com. and if you missed part of the show, you can always hop on over to my iTunes page, where you can also listen to hundreds of other episodes of Talk with Francesca. This show today is sponsored by Terramia Restaurante in the North End when you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and in an intimate setting. Terramia is your go-to spot. And I know because it also happens to be my favorite and there's parking. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. All right. We've got lots to cover. Cindy Watson says all of life is a negotiation, whether negotiating with your intimate partner, your kids, or or multi-million dollar deals so whether it be the boardroom or the bedroom cindy is your go-to person after 30 years as a barracuda attorney she is known as she's now on a mission to reframe negotiation and she's written a book the power of feminine negotiation how to get what you want from the bedroom excuse me from the boardroom to the bedroom and it is a must read She is the founder of Women on Purpose and has 30 years experience as an award-winning social justice attorney and master negotiator. Big welcome to you, Cindy. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be
2: here, Francesca.
1: So you say that all of life is a negotiation. I would agree with that, too, but um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting because it's what probably one of the most important skills you're ever going to learn in your life, and yet we're not taught, or to the extent that we're taught, we're given misinformation about it. So that came as an epiphany to me. Whether you're negotiating with yourself every day in a in a you know a hundred ways before you probably get out of bed, we're already having that internal negotiation with ourselves. You know, your relationship with your kids are a form of negotiation because at its heart, negotiation is really just about influence. And persuasion, the art of being able to elevate your ability to influence the people around you and to be able to um, reframe how we look at negotiation. So whether it's those business deals, most people, when they think of negotiation, typically picture a bunch of men in suits sitting around a big boardroom table. Mm-hmm. And in fact, all of your exchanges throughout the course of the day, whether it's for your phone bill or your insurance company or getting to a hotel when they don't have the right room, all of those are negotiations, hundreds and hundreds of them every day.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I think, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and yet And I think I'm a pretty good negotiator, actually. But um, on occasion, you know, I'll have a friend who will kind of like, you know, turn their nose up kind of like, oh, that's kind of aggressive. Um, You know, it's almost like it seems that women in particular are supposed to be um, – aren't supposed to negotiate or aren't supposed to have that sort of assertiveness – um, that I think we're talking about. I don't know. Although your your book yeah. your your books the name of your book would to me imply that you're talking about a softer negotiation.
2: Well, it's interesting. I love that you raised that, Francesca, because I think one of the biggest myths and uh, that. Um, keeps women away from stepping up sometimes to negotiate, is this myth that our entire conditioning around what it means to negotiate mm. has been based on what I'll call a traditional masculine model. And no when I talk about masculine and feminine, this isn't a gender-based thing. For all of your listeners out there, whether you're a man or a woman, this applies equally because we all have masculine and feminine strengths. That's but right. for so long, we've defined success based almost exclusively on that traditional masculine model. That negotiation is about toughness carrying the day, and that You know, the person who talks the loudest and the longest is the person who's winning. And I bought into that. I'll be honest. As you said, you know, I was known as a barracuda for the longest time as an attorney and my clients meant it as the highest compliment and I wore it like a badge of honor. But there's a really high cost that comes from bargaining or negotiating that way. It affects your professional relationships. As you mentioned, Francesca, with your friends, it affects your personal relationships. And ultimately, your sense of self. So mm-hmm. when I dug in, I found that surprisingly, if you look at the markers that make the most effective negotiators, if you study negotiation, if you look at the most effective negotiators through history, it typically comes down to six key traits, and five out of six of those traits are actually qualities that people would consider to be feminine traits across the board. And yet, we don't negotiate that way. And when you tap into those, what I call the feminine traits, mm-hmm. then... You actually get better results, more creative solutions. You get better buy-in, longer-lasting agreements, and better overall impact. It's a much better way to negotiate to get better solutions than what we're used to when we see it as a competition.
1: All right. Well, then do tell. What are they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for so, it. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah,
2: leave you hanging, the little cliffhanger there. So the, and this is sort of the frame of the art of feminine negotiation, or you know, call it what you will, but I'm, I'm on a mission to reframe how we look at negotiation, mm-hmm. because the six key traits are assertiveness, which definitely most people see as a masculine trait, and I'll come back to that in a second. But the other five traits are rapport building, empathy, flexibility, intuition, and trust. And for your listeners, I've got, like, just a simple mnemonic. Just think are fit. You are fit to be a great negotiator. So A-R-E-F-I-T. So you can always do that mental exercise if you're about to have a negotiation. Okay, let me Ooh, think. Oh, wait a minute. Well, let's Hold
1: on. Let's go through it again. Um, are fit. Okay, so what are they again? One more time.
2: Yeah, you bet. So the A is for assertiveness. Yep. The R for rapport building. Mm-hmm. E for empathy. Mm-hmm. F for flexibility. I for intuition and T for trust. And we can go through those. But interestingly, with assertiveness, people assume it's masculine because they conflate assertive with aggressive. Mm -hmm. And they're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Assertiveness Mm -hmm. really just means showing up from a place of confidence. Confidence comes from knowledge. And knowledge just comes from preparation. So just learning some simple preparation tricks to going into a negotiation will totally elevate your ability to stand in a real place of assertiveness when you negotiate.
1: When I think of assertiveness, I just simply think about asking for what you want. That's it. Period. Love it. And and that's how I go about my business in general, not being afraid to ask for what I want. Now, certainly it is easier and has always been easier for me on a business level. And I I guess I'll... I'll, um,
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: um give my father some of that uh, credit um because when i was a young girl and he was in uh sales you know i would watch him you know and he seemed like he was having much more fun than my mother so so, (laughs) so, you know with her eight eight kids and running around with one on each hip you know he was just having so much of a better time and so i thought well i think that I want to be like him rather than her. And I think that's really how it came about. So I started to emulate. Um, and, you know, he always said, Francesca, you can have whatever you want. You just, mm-hmm. but, but there was a key to that. And it was always, but you have to know what it is that you do want. And there are no truer words ever spoken. Because if you don't know what you want and you think you know what you want or you're kind of going around in circles, you won't get what you want. Because even if you're asking oh. for what you want, but you're not really 100 percent there, it, it's not going to show up in your life. It, that's you know that's my little woo woo for the the session
2: here, the the interview. But that's I love it. But I think that's and not woo woo at all. It, you and know? you are so lucky to have had that upbringing. Because I got to tell you, Gretchen, you are absolutely in the minority, and you're you're right. I mean, it's one of the things I have in my mastermind programs with women in particular is getting them to ask 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 mm-hmm. for what you want right. because you know that 62 percent of men who are given a job um uh like on a job offer who are given a salary, 62% of men will ask for more money as compared to only 7% of women. So even professionally, we don't ask. And when you get that in the personal sphere, Mm. we're even less likely to because we've been conditioned to see ourselves as the nurturers, the caregivers, and we almost martyr ourselves and wear it like a badge of honor. So Mm. I love that you ask for what you want and recognize that you need to get real clarity around what that is to be able to ask effectively.
1: Oh, my gosh. This is so, so true. I was... I just purchased a home recently, but it took me several months to find what I wanted. But the reason was not because I wasn't asking for what I wanted, because I thought I knew what I wanted and I wasn't 100 percent clear. But once I got Mm -hmm. really clear, that's when it was like, boom, you know, Um, and, and that's just the way it happened. But on the on the other side of that coin, Cindy, I will also say that it's easier for me to do that when it comes to things that don't have an emotional, you know, sort of uh, feel to them. But then, you know, when it comes to asking for things from, uh, you know, a a friend or a partner, uh, that tends to be more of a challenge for me. And, of course, for the obvious reasons, because you're emotionally connected and there's always that fear of, oh, they won't like me or they'll reject me or, you know, that kind of thing. So then that gets into an entirely different thing and then i don't know that it's just so easy to to say okay i'm going to be assertive i'm going to build rapport i'm going to have empathy i'm not saying those things can't work in the in the personal realm as well but i think it, it is a little bit it doesn't it just doesn't have that uh gumption it doesn't come out quite that strong um for a lot of us
2: yeah, and I love that, and that's why, for me, I'm on such a mission to reframe how we look at negotiation, like both what we consider to be a negotiation and how we do it, because I I think you're 100% right, and I believe that where that comes from, though, I think that resistance to negotiating with our friends and our loved ones is because we're perceiving negotiation based on that masculine, or call it competitive, model. Mm -hmm. So it seems incongruent. Oh, I don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to be competitive with the person I love, and we tend to pull our horns in. So the beauty of, you know, I think what I'm proposing, that reframe, when you see negotiation as a gorgeous opportunity to actually come up with even more creative and better solutions, not just for yourself and what you want, but also truly... That that rapport building and empathy is about really put yourself in the shoes of the other person and find out what's driving them, what's motivating them, what do they want, how can we come up with a more creative solution so I can not only understand but meet the needs of the other person while also meeting my needs and getting what I want. And when you come with that approach... In the traditional model, I'm coming looking for X, you're coming looking for Y, and we see it as a competition, and either one of us is going to win or the other one's going to, you know, one of us is going to lose, or we split the baby, and people call that, you know, incredibly to me, a win-win somehow. Mm -hmm. But what if, if you use this new model, I'm coming looking for X, you're coming looking for Y, we both come from this place of truly trying to understand and meet the other's needs. That opens room and space for even more creative, better solutions than way more than my X. And way more than your why. So it's a, it's kind of a gorgeous reframe that allows you to show up differently in your personal relationship.
1: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking to Cindy Watts, and who is the author of The Power of Feminine Negotiation: How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to Cindy's going to give us some secret weapon tools the average person can use to negotiate to get better results. So stay with us here. Don't go anywhere.
3: This
4: is Life of More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Noticing fine lines and wrinkles? Skin laxity or stubborn areas of fat that just won't budge despite your efforts? How about increased anxiety and fatigue? What is your body trying to tell you? With the power of Powell, you'll be able to get to the root of the aging process and back to the best version of you. Jennifer Powell offers Botox, Sculptra, skin resurfacing treatments, volume restoration, laser hair removal, body contouring, skin tightening, nutrient IV hydration, and more. Visit her new location at 222 Webster Street in Hanover, just off Route 3. Call 781 421 6544. Or visit jlprn.com today to schedule your consultation. Jennifer and her team of specialists look forward to helping you understand your beauty from within.
1: Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Ranked number 9 of the top 10 Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com
0: Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008. Or visit TheDogsDenGrooming.com.
1: So you've finally found your dream home. Now the scary part, the dreaded home inspection. But it doesn't have to be scary with dale weaver owner of dream weaver inspections dale has been inspecting homes since 2002 with extensive experience across all types and phases of construction dale provides residential and commercial home inspections he is thorough honest and treats the home inspection as if it was a home he was buying i know because i used him and he really goes that extra mile dale gave me an unbiased view of my new home so that i had all the facts i needed to make a sound informed decision he really took time to explain everything to me in a way that was easy to understand. I would absolutely recommend him. You won't be disappointed. Visit him today at dreamweaverinspections.com. Now a deep breath and relax because you're in great hands.
0: Hey, this is James Woods and you are listening to Talk with Francesca.
1: On 95.9 WATD we are back and I am speaking with Cindy Watson. She is the author of The Power of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. Welcome back, Cindy. <laughs> Thanks. Great to be here. Alright, so what are some secret weapon tools the average person can use to negotiate to get better results?
4: Yeah,
2: I have a a few, uh, let's call them sort of models, because I I like really simple acronyms so that people can remember them and then just apply them. So the first thing is just intention, right, that intention about reframing how you look at it, and then using these simple models whenever you're going to have a negotiation, again, whether it's with your kids, your intimate partner, or a business deal. So the first one is what I I call the, the five W's really simple just think who what where when and why right we use those all the time those, those five w's and and just take them really quickly one at a time who for every negotiation really get intentional about who do i want to show up as you know what qualities do i want to embody when i show up in this negotiation and also who in terms of title where am i in the hierarchy you know in your personal i've had conversations with my kids where i showed up in mum mode so full on mum mode In a way that I never would have for that conversation with a client, and I ended up not getting what I wanted because I didn't follow my own advice and consider the who, you know, decide who you're going to show up as. Um, and also consider who the other side is likely to expect you to show up as and who they're going to show up as. So you can be prepared for that and not taken off guard. Decide who should be involved in the conversation. I mean, you know, who's going to put a wrench in the gears? Who's going to actually help support move the agenda forward? Consider the what. As you said, know what you want with absolute clarity, right? Mm-hmm. And also, what are the signs the other person is putting off during the negotiation? What is their body language telling me? What are some better questions I can ask? So consider all of those what. Consider the where. You know, location, 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 they say in real estate, and Mm -hmm. the same is true in negotiations. When you can control it, you know, on your personal front, some negotiations ought to take place in the bedroom, and some should never take place in the bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in work context, some conversations you want to casually have those negotiations at the water cooler or on a firm retreat, and others need a more formal setting, right? Just consider that where with intention. It will increase your ability to persuade and to influence and to be able to get what you want. And the when. As kids, we knew intuitively, don't ask your parents for something if they're in a crappy mood, mm-hmm. and yet we forget that still, as we grow up, right? Timing is super important. Pick that when. Don't go asking for that raise or promotion Mm -hmm. if your employer just had the worst quarter ever. The opposite is also true. If you've just made a great contribution, maybe now's the time that you really ask to get what you want. So consider that when with intention and that the W is that deep why. Really be clear. In addition to most people think about the what they want, but they don't think about the why they want it. And that's going to give you that emotional resonance to come with that um, extra oomph in your negotiations when you really understand the why driving whatever it is that you're asking for. And equally important, always considering what the other person's deep why is coming. Often the thing that we think that we're negotiating about. The stated needs are just that, like an iceberg, just that 10% tip of the iceberg. You know, 90% of it are actually the unstated needs and sometimes even the unconscious needs that are really driving the other party. So just getting intent, and I felt strongly, I've written an ebook, free resource for your listeners if they want it. Mm-hmm. Sort of setting out these five Ws and how to use them, so that would be one big secret weapon tool um, that I would suggest. Wouldn't that they you? Use wouldn't for
1: sure. This all, wouldn't you consider this intuitive though? You know, because I'm when you like, for example, when you said, you know, where it's going to be, you know, where you're going to do this negotiation, isn't that just sort of natural? Like, you know, I, I would think that would be really uh, it, one of the really important ones because it, it does matter whether you're it's in a casual environment, whether it's you know whether it's a a desk that's in front of the two of you, that kind of makes a difference. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, even, um, you know, in the old days, you know, a, a therapist would sit behind a desk. You know, it was like the, sort of that old Freudian, yes. like that the, the therapist was the, was the <laughs> boss and, and knew all. Where today, if you went to see a therapist, I can't even imagine that – A therapist would be sitting behind a desk, but rather, you know, side by side, right, with an openness. So that's just kind of a natural, intuitive thing. And a lot of what you're saying does sound very, that it would be intuitive, but maybe it's just a good idea to really go through them. But I was curious if you can actually give us sort of an example of a negotiation where you use those traits.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I love that you're saying about it being intuitive because that's absolute, it should be common sense. And yet the reality is we don't. Like in time again, whether in my masterminds or even in my law practice, Over and over again, you see conversations and negotiations going south because people did not consider these simple, as you say, intuitive common sense. We fall into old patterns, right? We Mm -hmm. just, if we're at work, we go into the, you know, we go into the boss's office, or if you're the boss, we call people into the office, and we don't actually take those few seconds with intention to be able to consider, Um, you know. So, using the where, like just on a personal example, for example, right? I mean, if you're, Intimate partner is in a really high stress um, particular moment where they're, um, you know, things at work are falling apart and their um, ego is perhaps a little more fragile than typical. Then you're going to want to really be intentional about broaching a subject that's going to further um, sort of challenge their ego, whether it's something that you want or some great success that you've had or, um, you know, some you know a significant expenditure that you need to be able to make being really intentional about having that discussion and being intentional about sort of the meaning that you attach to it. Mm-hmm. Or even having a conversation with your kids. There are certain conversations that I know, you know, with my, with my middle boy in particular if my husband is in the room, that conversation is going to go south in a hurry. So that who should be involved in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So we often have this discussion where, you know what, let me have the discussion first and lay the foundation and then I'll either report back to you or call you in. But it's really important, I think, if you're okay with that, that you not be there for this particular conversation right now. So Mm -hmm. deciding who should be there, right? And particularly recently, one of our our boys has been um, diagnosed with a significant mental health issue, and it's it's been a whole new way of having to learn to negotiate with him. To be honest, and these five Ws have been a lifesaver mm-hmm. for every conversation that I have with him now. I just and the beauty is, you're right, Francesca, because this is common sense and intuitive. When you take those few moments to think about it, mm-hmm. I can really ground myself and take a breath. Who am I showing up as in this conversation? I need to be really listening. So I'm not in preaching mode. I'm not in mom mode. I'm not in teacher mode. I'm not in, you know, I'm one above you. I need to let him know he is being fully heard right now because in our mental health care system he doesn't feel that so really getting intentional about the who the where you know he's suffering from paranoia right now as well and so so where i have that conversation and the when choosing it on the cycle of his medication for example and again very intuitive simple things but getting very intentional about that who what where when and the why as well you know is this a battle i really need to pick right now what is really driving me is this is my ego at play here you know is this a is this is my fear at play here what and and really getting clear about my why that's driving it but Mm -hmm. equally importantly going through those five w's for him who does he need to show up as right now and it's been a game changer in probably one of the most challenging sort of parental Mm -hmm. um, negotiations that i've had to deal with so not sure if that helps.
1: yeah absolutely and you know um it's it's interesting A, a friend of mine had um had said something to a friend. It was just really uh, another friend. It was just kind of off the cuff. It was it was meant to be funny, but it it wasn't funny. It was the person's state of yeah. mind. But they were just really stressed out and really upset. And, boy, did it just go off. And, you know, what came to mind was, you know what? You have to know your audience. You have to know who you're talking yeah. to. You know, it, 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 sometimes I feel like, you know, I've got – I've got a friend that, you know, bless his heart, but sometimes he'll just say things that is just like, "What, what yeah. are you saying that like why are you saying that like it just seems like it's not fitting, you know? It's so it's so yeah. important to be really present to um the conversation." And you know, which also leads me down another path, which is we're all, which is completely different, uh, you know, topic here, but you know, we're all multitasking all the time. And you know there's the texting and there's the cell phone and there's and you know it makes it really very difficult um sometimes to be super present to what's going on and if you're not you know if you're if you're not you, you kind of you miss the vibe right you miss the vibe oh, yeah. of, of the yeah. conversation and um You know, it's, uh, you know, so I'll I'll always, you know, if I'm on the phone with a friend and I hear tick, tick, tick in the background, it's like, you know, what you're multitasking right now. And I know, you know what, you're, you're emailing and I don't want to talk right now because I don't, I don't need to have this conversation with myself. (laughs) And I will say that, you know, I I mean, I don't want to have a conversation with myself. If I'm having a conversation, I want to know that the person is listening. And if they can't, I would so much prefer someone just say, you know what? I want to be super present for you, and right now I just can't be. I am just—I've got so much on my plate. Um, you know, I would rather that. Or, you know, if I feel like I can't um, really listen, I will say that. You know, to to someone. You know, if I'm talking to someone, it's like you know something. I I feel like I'm I can't really listen the way I want to. Can we you know schedule this call for like a little bit later? Yeah. Can we talk a little bit later? Um, because I think that's a, a really an important piece. Because unless you are present. All the tools that you're giving us they're just not gonna they're not gonna be inside, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. So um yeah. Okay, so we do need to take another short break. When we come back, let's talk about some deadly sins of negotiation. Listen, listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere.
3: This is life. Don't miss it.
1: I appreciate you hanging out with me. More talk on the way here on ninety-five nine W A T D.
0: You need help around the house. You need a handyman. How do you find just the one you're looking for? Go to locally owned and operated handymanconnection.com. Handyman Connection puts you in touch with one of their carefully screened and background checked craftsmen. You get the best help around for maintenance, installation and remodeling services, carpentry, tiling and flooring, and assistance with aging in place upgrades to your home. Handyman Connection also provides you with free in-home estimates and a one-year written warranty on labor from one of their experienced professionals. Call 781-829-3030 or visit handymanconnection.com. Your connection to quality craftsmen on the South Shore. One call, one connection.
3: Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trotteria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant, yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramio Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. The best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617-523-3112. That's 617 617- 523 or visit teramiaristorante.com Are you tired of hating your ex? Resenting your mother? Beating yourself up because you're disappointed in your life? It's time to have some peace and be happy again. Resentments are bad for your health and they keep you stuck and unable to create the life you want. Mary Hayes Greco is a life coach who can help you move forward into your best life. You'll swiftly be able to calm your heart, awaken your power, and your intuition. Learn more at ForgivenessTraining.com and book your first appointment today. You'll be glad you did.
4: Tides is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room in the pub can't be beat. Tides specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com.
1: I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. And we're back, and we are talking about the power of feminine negotiation, and that is also the name of the book my guest this evening, Cindy Watson, has written. So welcome back, Cindy. (laughs) Great to be here. Thanks. All right. So, 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 sins in negotiation. Let's talk about some (laughs) of them. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it's funny. It's a beautiful segue because you you were talking about getting frustrated when people aren't listening, and that is one of the number one sins of negotiation. You know, you need to master the art of active listening. And for exactly the reasons that you just articulated, Francesca, right, you need to give someone your full attention, put down those distractions, make eye contact, whether it's in person or on a Zoom call, show them that you're there, you're engaged, you know, use those active listening skills, you know, even if or especially with, frankly, you disagree with what they're saying, Listen and stay open and try to understand what's really behind the words. If you're talking... Too much in the negotiation, it is not a sign that you are dominating and winning. The opposite is true. So that would be one for sure. Mm -hmm. Lack of clarity, you've always also raised as well. Know what you want. But the biggie for me is I call it the no fear model. Again, just so it's easy for your listeners to remember and just think no fear, F-E-A-R. The F is for fear. We all have, you know, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fear of missing out. Um, You know, fear of being seen as a barracuda, for example, right? Too aggressive. So really tune in and be aware of what the fears are that are driving you and find a way to have them fuel you so they, they don't drive the negotiation. Overcome those fears and use them in a more positive way. The E in the no fear model is ego, don't, bri- ego is the kiss of death in negotiations. And ego shows up in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes people who are, are too gentle in their negotiations, that's a form of ego too if it's driven because they want to be liked, right? They need mm. to be the people pleaser. So mm. watch for that ego coming to the table. Again, if you're talking too much, that's probably your ego driving. A is attachment. Don't ever get so attached. To a particular result in a negotiation that you can't walk away from it and I have seen over and over in business deals and personal deals where we go way past the point when it doesn't make sense for us because we suddenly we got so attached to a negotiation and the more time you invest in the negotiation the more invested you are to making it work long past the point when it makes sense so never be that attached and that are, reactivity, right? Mm -hmm. I talk about knowing that deep why so you can bring the emotion, but I want to be clear for your listeners, bringing emotion as a motivator is very different than being emotional. Don't be reactive. Be aware of your triggers and rise above it. That's why going back to those five W's, when you really ground yourself in who you want to show up as, if somebody's pushing your buttons, you're going to be able to just take that breath and ground yourself again so that you're not reactive. Because if you're reactive, you don't have the clarity you need to be able to be getting the results that you want in negotiation so those are some quickie um sort of deadly sins that jump to mind breathe that's what i say always just breathe take a deep breath yeah
1: it's so true though you know it's it's, it sounds like such a you know silly thing just breathe breathe but yeah breathing yeah taking you know taking a breath really stopping you know what else i find I, i learned this a long time ago in um I don't think it was a class in negotiation, but a class in listening. And I Ooh. found it really one of the most interesting tools to use that when a person has made their point and they're all of a sudden they're quiet now because they've said what they needed to say, allow like another two, three, four seconds of just dead silence because what happens oftentimes is the person doesn't, want there to be silence, and so they'll share more
2: of what they're thinking and feeling. Right. I love that. Yeah. I, it's one of the fundamentals to teach. So you could be teaching negotiation, Francesca. It's so true that I, I wrote a whole article about the power of silence where people are uncomfortable with silence. Mm-hmm. And when you learn to use the power of that silence, that space, and this is great for people who are in sales, especially, they always, they seem to feel the need to be the one to keep talking over to make the sale. And the opposite is true. Set up the investment and let it sit there and wait, allow that silence to wait, allow the other person and The opportunity as well, and I think it applies equally professionally and personally. There's incredible power in that silence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's shift here and talk about negotiating uh, with your relationships, with your you know, with your intimate partner, because that one mm-hmm. is a little bit more challenging. And these are all fantastic tools, but you know, it's it can also yeah. be harder when there's more of an emotional attachment, right? Uh, So, you know, I was trying to get a delivery charge waived on two different items that were coming in at two different times out of the same store, right? And the the woman really basically told me I was not – she says, this isn't a used car lot. I said, well (laughs) (laughs) – I I said, I know. But you know what? I said, I can't help it that, you know, one is there's a two-week lag time. I could receive them both at the same time. So I don't really want to pay $149 twice. So – if you want to make the deal, uh-huh. but see, this is kind of aggressive because I said, if you want to make the sale, then this is what you know you'll have to do. And um, yeah. and she came back to me, and you know, she's okay. We'll do it. You know, um, and I don't know. I guess that may maybe may as I said sounds assertive or aggressive, but you know, that's but that's an easy thing. You know what I mean? Like I I, I wasn't so attached oh, to that. that couch and coffee table, but you know, if she said no, you know, I I, I probably still would have bought it, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was there was no sweat off my back. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I can't believe the store is going to charge me for two different deliveries and and give up this the sale. Yeah. Um, and of course, yeah. you know they didn't. But you know, it's a different story when you're dealing with. Um, you know, I'm having an issue, you know, with my partner and, uh, you know, he's what, you know, whatever it is, he's coming home late all the time. He says yeah. he's going to be home for dinner at six and he doesn't show up in the quarter past seven, calls at, you know, six ten, 10. So he'll be home in 15 minutes, you know, yeah. so that kind of thing, y- you know, and, um, and the other reason thing is too, is because people can be very set in their ways. You know, like yeah. I have a girlfriend who is notorious for being late we go to lunch we go to dinner she's always late so i just changed the time to fit so that you know i put i have a half an hour buffer there um but you know like who cares right that's who she is and that's that's just the way it is and that's fine and she's like she'll always call oh, I, i'm coming i'm coming i'm gonna be right there i'm in the parking lot oh, yeah 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 yeah. you know um i'm not gonna lose sleep over it i'm not gonna you know make a big deal out of it but you know if you're living with someone and that's you know have dinner's on the table it's the same thing over and over and over again you know, it, it can be really annoying, right? It can be like you know, it's it's an annoying thing when when someone is consistently late like that. That's just an example, and that's not even yeah. a biggie, right? That's not even you know, it might be something more significant, like the way the person speaks to you. Maybe they speak down to you. They don't realize it, you know. But any anything, you know, um, and we haven't even hit the bedroom yet. But and that's of course yeah. another whole you know, topic. It's um, another whole
2: show. It's another whole show. <laughs>
1: exactly. We might just do that, Cindy. Um, but, but what? you know, so how do you, I, I don't, can't even ask the question, you know, because it's like. I got ya. Yeah. You I'm got with you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then also let me just say, I love you are such an intuitive negotiator, like truly. Even the example that you just gave, ironically, I wrote an article about that because you knew with clarity what you wanted. You weren't afraid to ask for what you wanted. And it's interesting that you're like, oh, I guess it's aggressive. I don't see that as aggressive as all. I think it's beautiful. And you knew your BATNA, that best alternative to the negotiated agreement. Hey, I'm going to, you know, and you weren't too attached to the results. So it's a perfect, perfectly framed negotiation. I think it's gorgeous. So in the personal life, And just let's use the example you did for one moment about the friend who shows up late all the time. I mean, one way to handle it, sure, you could build in an extra half hour all the time, but um, one other way to approach it is just go through that quick sort of five Ws. All right, I I need to have this conversation. I know it's not going to be well-received, or I'm expecting that. So again, who do I want to show up as here? Who's she likely to show up as? Probably defensive, probably feeling whatever, a little challenge. So go through that exercise. What's her deep why? And then sit down and have the conversation by... Always starting with eyes, and and particularly when you're in personal, whether it's with a friend or your intimate partner or your kids, saying, you know, you do this and blah, 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 that automatically will set the person off on the defensive, as opposed to, you know, and start by building rapport. You know how much I love and value our friendship. You know, you're my closest and dearest friend. We've been friends longer than, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um point out build that rapport, build that empathy. I know you're so crazy busy and I appreciate my gosh, it must be I don't know how you juggle so many balls. So bring that rapport building, that empathy. Be flexible to how the conversation is going to go. Trust your intuition as you go, but then don't be afraid to go in and start with some of those I feel, right? Like, and pick your, when are you going to have the conversation? What's a good time when you guys are somewhere relaxed, where you can have it where it's not confrontational, right? Maybe over drink sometime when your guards are a little down and it's an easy and you're tackling the conversation. So pick the when, pick the where, and then say, I feel, I know your time is so valuable, and you know what? My time is as well, and I feel sometimes like my time isn't being valued or respected on this. And I know this is my baggage, but I just wanted to share and and find the way those triggers to be able to approach and have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But with your intimate partner, I would say definitely you want to start always, you know, imagine the shift in your relationship dynamic and if instead of being reactive or operating on pure emotion, which let's face it, we're much more likely to do with our intimate partners, right? Than mm-hmm. anybody else. Mm-hmm. We we blow off our steam with our intimate partners all of the Frustrations and inadequacies we're feeling in other areas are more likely to show up there in ways that we never would with a third party. So instead of being uh, reactive, what if you just take a beat, tap into your intuition, ask yourself what's really driving this issue for me and for my partner? Ask yourself what are their unstated needs here, and then bring that empathy to the table, putting yourself in their shoes before you wait in, right? Stay conscious of whether a particular approach is going to build or destroy trust and rapport. And absolutely, you can be assertive while still employing those natural feminine negotiation strengths with intentions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to be more persuasive and have um, you know, better results and strong communication. Remember, everybody has different communication styles. Like, you know, it, that's why so many therapists focus on communication in their couples' work because strong communication in the family room equals increased sexual satisfaction in the bedroom, right? So with your intimate partner, being really intentional about your communication is, is going to be important. And <clears throat> we all have different styles. As you can probably gather, you know, verbal communication is kind of my thing, right? I talk a lot and I talk fast. My husband, not so much. He's slower processing things. And there's that, I have to bring that intention to our discussions to give him the space. Allow for those silences we were talking about earlier. Not overramming him where he's feeling like he's under an assault gun. Recognize his communication in his own way. Do that active listening, right? Mm-hmm. And also, with your intimate partner, be really mindful of the five languages of love. Based, on, I don't know if you ever read oh, that Oh, yeah, book, right? I interviewed Gary Chapman. Yeah, and it's so true. And again, I'll just use my personal relationship as an example. You know, my husband is definitely an active service guy, right? So when he knows I'm upset or I'm, you know, that kettle about to blow over, he's more likely to go, okay, I'm going to go do the dishes and I'm going to clean up. And Francesca, it drives me crazy (laughs) because I'm quality time. So I'm like, oh, my God, why are you not in here cuddling with me, watching a great movie with a big bucket of popcorn? You're out there doing the dishes, so I have to take that beat, take that breath, consider that he is recognized that whether it's the language of love that I like, then, um, you know, recognizing his effort. And he's also a words of affirmation guy. So trying to show he loves me, he'll tell me I look great when I look like hell. He'll <laughs> brag on everything I make from craft dinner to gourmet fare equally. So then I'm like, I can't
0: trust anything he says, right? So <laughs> we do sometimes... need to, we do need
1: to take another short break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about um you know people who are sort of anti- sort of who are antagonistic are kind of bullying in negotiations or even worse, passive aggressive. Oh, I was just kidding. you know that one. oh. That one's like, oh, I wasn't serious. That is almost worse than someone being aggressive. But anyway, so when we come back, let's talk about that. Um, Listeners, more to come. Stay with us. This is is Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. We'll talk more in just a bit on 95.9 WATD.
0: Moving into your new home or office is easy when you trust the experienced professionals at ASAP Movers. If you're looking for dedicated movers who will take the stress out of your move, call ASAP Movers today at 857-928-3071. They move everyone in New England, both residential and commercial. ASAP Movers can even provide you with all the packing materials you need. So call now at 857-928-3071. You'll be glad you did.
4: Tide's is beachside dining at its best, all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat. Tide's specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or their sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit tidesnahant.com.
0: Your pets are family. Take your dog to the Dog's Den in Pembroke. Your furry friend will go from smelling crummy to yummy because Leah at the Dog's Den really cares. Whatever your pet's needs are, from dematting to extra scissoring, the Dog's Den in Pembroke has your furry friends covered. So call the Dog's Den today at 781-826-7008. Or visit thedogsdengrooming.com.
3: Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant, yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. The best-kept secret is worth the trip call 617-523-3112 that's 617-523-3112 or visit teramiaristorante.com this is life don't listen.
1: you're listening to Talk with Francesca I'm Francesca Luca the talk continues on 959 WATD We're back, and I am speaking with Cindy Watson, who has written the book, The Power of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom. And if you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am, you might also want to listen to Cindy's podcast, Art of Feminine Negotiation. Lots of, I'm sure, very interesting conversation. So welcome back, Cindy. Thanks, Francesca. So, all right, so, you know, you're trying to have a conversation with someone, You're, you're you're following you're you're taking in the tools that you suggest and they're kind of either antagonistic or they're passive aggressive and you know they're really not listening but they're really attached to their kind of side of things and they really don't want to hear it uh what do you do
2: yeah, it's a great question, and there's sort of different elements of this. One is what is somebody who's antagonistic or bullying. Uh, the other is people who don't play fair, or when you're negotiating with someone who's more powerful than you, these are all different elements of that sort of same thing. So I would say, first, your preparation is going to be key, right? Because remember that assertiveness comes from confidence, which comes from knowledge, which comes from preparation. So in advance of those discussions, go in there, consider those five W's we talked about. Consider that no fear process, right? Consider the fit model so that you've got your preparation done, you've considered their why. Be really clear about your active listening so that you're learning about their real apprehensions and goals. Because people who are bullies or passive-aggressive, there's almost always something else that's driving that, right? Whether it's their insecurity, their need for status, their need to impress somebody else. There's something behind Mm -hmm. that inappropriate behavior right they it's become their defense mechanism through life because you find most people who are bullies and that they tend to operate in that mode all the time so really dig in and learn about what you think is really behind it and use it to your advantage leverage it to build rapport frankly right if you know they're all about status who so long as you get the outcome that you need let them feel that it was their idea leverage it to your advantage, looking behind their position, but also sometimes just flat out call them out on it. I can't tell you, I'm sure you could imagine, you know, as a female attorney in a male-dominated niche, you know, I did a lot of trade union labor law. So for years, I was the only woman in the room, you know, for my own clients, the other side, the adjudicators, you name it. Mm-hmm. Lots of attempts to sort of bully or intimidate me. And so often I would try some of the strategies and then sometimes just flat out call them on it. And act a little shocked, like, oh, my gosh, like, are, are you really intending to physically intimidate me right now? Because <laughs> calling a tactic, it just diffuses immediately. It loses its effectiveness. So I, I, love, I love that. Love that one. Oh, I love that.
1: I love that. That is that is great. Yeah, what was that? What, what, I was going to ask you, what was your experience negotiating the practice of law as a woman?
2: Uh, it was interesting. There was a lot of, um, it definitely there was a lot of sexism, you know, I mean, and it was interesting because, I would say I had... there was a lot of that when I first started practicing and I'm sort of dating myself down here you know in the mid 80s and then uh, it seemed to become totally politically incorrect so people weren't at least as blatant about it and all of a sudden there seemed to be this political shift again where it suddenly became okay to have this blatant old boys club in the practice of law again right and part of it I think is why so many female attorneys and female CEOs do buy into that model that they have to take that take no prisoners approach if I'm going to be taken Seriously, that's where my barracuda came from, Francesca. I felt that I needed that when in fact taking the opposite approach would have been the greater strength, right? Lots of bullying going out. But I know you can't. There were times when I found out from my clients the bloody adjudicator, the person who is supposed to be deciding the case, was pulling my client aside Though so when I was younger, going, "Oh, try and get her in front of a window so you can see if you can see through that dress, you know, like just some really inappropriate" And having to find ways to (gasps) lift yourself above that and negotiate in a way to get the outcome that you want. So ties in beautifully to your question about how do you deal with these bullies or antagonistic or people who aren't playing fair, right? Yeah. And always... Turn their position into an option, right? If somebody's just bullying, just always, and just keep repeating, go, well, that's an option, but what about this? And also using questions versus statements, like when I say call them on it. Like, do you really think your offer makes sense compared to other comparable? And then having done your homework allows you to do that in a way without getting reactive, without hitting your triggers so that you can stay in control.
1: Oh, I wish I had your book. I don't think I received it. I haven't checked
2: my No, I'm going to – yes, I'll talk to you about that, and I'll make sure to send. I've got a few, actually, I'm happy to send Jenny and all the resources. Oh, that's great. So, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking that
1: sometimes just having those one-liners can be so effective.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: they they really can be, and sometimes you almost need a list of things that you can say. When someone says this, instead say that, right? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, right, you know, I love fun. that. Um, Absolutely, I, yeah, it's a great idea. I might do that. Actually, I love that idea. Thank you for that, Francesco. Make sure you get some of the royalties. I think that's a brilliant idea. Have a little, <laughs> a little kit, right? That you can small, that you can carry in your back pocket. I think that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, Liz, how much time do we have left? Because this is our last break. I just want to make sure we have enough time to, to three minutes. Oh, okay, good. All right, so I'm going to put you in a box, Indy. What's the most unlikely negotiation you had to engage in?
2: Oh, well, if you'd asked me that a few months ago, it would have been uh, "I would have said myself." Because negotiating with ourselves is one of the toughest negotiations we have to overcome, you know, because we get what we tolerate. But I would say, on a humorous note, we got a new puppy at Christmas. And, oh, my gosh, I must say, this has been one of the most challenging negotiations Uh, I've ever Oh, I wish I had asked you this question a half hour ago. I've got a wild puppy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So negotiating with a puppy is another whole world, isn't it? I'd love to get my puppy. To, I'd love to negotiate with my puppy to give me an, an extra hour of sleep. But he's just so unrelenting yeah. in the morning. It's just like, and then I say to myself, well, you know, if I, if I get up and I go to the bathroom yep. and I have my coffee, eh, it's time anyway. And so I sort of negotiate with myself as if yes. it's okay with myself. But in reality, it's really not okay with me. I don't want to get And you get what
2: you tolerate, right? The more we tolerate it. And they're smarter than we give them credit for, right? I mean, so being intentional about that can be a a game changer in negotiating with your pet for
1: sure. (laughs) So just with about a minute and a half left, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with our listening audience before we say goodnight?
2: Um, well, definitely. I just love for the benefit of your listeners as well. Like, feel free to check out like on my webpage, just www.womenonpurpose.ca womenonpurpose. Um, and don't forget it's and ca because lots of free resources there for your listeners, Francesca. Right? Like the five Ws I talked about. There's a whole ebook on um, you know fight your secret weapons to more effective negotiating, and the No Fear model I talked about again. Have a whole book going into depth about that. All free resources as well. I'm really passionate about the subject, and I guess the most important thing that the message I would leave is trust in yourself. You already use these skills in a myriad of ways every day. So lean in. Don't lean into the more masculine model like the Cheryl Sandberg says. I invite you, lean into those feminine traits, both men and women. You'll get better results better outcomes, better impact, and the world will be in less chaos when we get out of that imbalance where everybody's eschewing their feminine, seeing it as a liability when in fact it's our greatest strength. So bring the world back in balance through how you negotiate.
1: All right, Cindy Watson, it has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on Talk with Francesca. Thank you. All right, we've got to wrap things up and say goodnight. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. Wish you did, like
4: a morning like snow upon your skin.